right, guys. Welcome to another episode of Semi-Pro Inside the Locker Room. I'm Coach Casey here with my co-host, as always, Damo. Damo, welcome back. Yeah, I'm finally back, man. Ended your uh, your long holdout. You must be the highest paid co-host in podcast history now. Yeah, I had to turn down that that forty million. It wasn't <laughs> it wasn't cutting it for me. <laughs> so, got any thoughts on this AB bullshit? I have a lot of thoughts on that because I drafted him in two different leagues. <laughs> So I've, well, I've actually those were mistakes. Yeah, I got I got a lot of updates and a lot of uh, watching this drama, this saga. Um, I think right now the the allegations are that those are just money grabbed. It's not yeah. it's not a criminal thing. So. Right, but at some point though, it still does have to get tacked on to his ever growing list of incredibly bad decisions. Yep. Right, I um, think this is the first. X on his record in New England. New England yeah. didn't know about this going well, into it. So. And actually, that's what kind of surprised me. Well, we should know better because when Bill Belichick does pull the trigger on something, like he, you know, he pretty much knows what he's going to do. Right. But in the past, when the Patriots have signed someone and then something like this has come out and they didn't like let the team know ahead of time going into it that, hey, this might be a problem, uh, they usually send you packing to Cleveland for a seventh round pick <laughs> uh, <laughs> that they then trade up for, somehow get like three third round picks or something like that. But yeah, th- th- that was my most surprising thing was that there haven't been any ramifications from the actual Patriots because he signed a contract knowing that this was going to come out. Basically, yeah. yeah, yeah. I watched a few videos of this. Actually, he's got a few clips of him hanging out with. I think her name is Brittany Taylor. He's got yeah. a few few right. uh, clips of him hanging out with them, uh, uh, cuddling up on the bed or whatever in a hotel. So it doesn't. And, look and right. again, and again, you're innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. And 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 I'm with you on this, and that it does seem to be a money, a grab. money grab. Yeah, because everything that. All the evidence points towards her being in some type of a consensual relationship with him, Absolutely. including his text messages. But Which I, funny, I think it just I, I think it just adds on to his, again, ever-growing list of issues. And it just at the end of the day, it makes the league look bad. We know what Belichick's doing, right? Like Belichick's cashed in on another ring. And, and that's why it's a one-year deal because he's not going to be with the team after next year, you yeah. know? In fact, the rest of his career is going to be a one-year deal from from this point on. We're going to see um, Antonio Brown's going to turn into T.O. and he's going to start moving around, bouncing around. Yeah, the I league, think he's so. got one more good season in him before he starts bouncing, before he starts facing quarterback issues because yeah. he doesn't get along with any quarterback. Right. And then he wants the ball. I think he's been targeted five times or less in the last maybe six years, only a handful of times. So every game – there's a three times, yeah. Every game he's been targeted at least five or more. So prior to the allegations coming out and all this news breaking and stuff, Tom Brady, you know, uh, obviously sent Antonio Brown a text message saying like, hey, you can just stay with me until, you know, we get all this worked out. You think after this broke, he asked him for his keys back? <laughs> I think Giselle told him, somebody, go get those keys. Somebody, somebody cracked a joke like, you know, about, AB moving in with Tom Brady, and, and you know, nine months later, uh, Giselle was <laughs> <laughs> a kid. <laughs> Tom Brady's like, I'm the pappy. One of these things don't look like the other. <laughs> uh, all right, we should stop talking shit. Okay, so uh, this week's guest, we got Matt McFadden in the house. Matt, welcome to the locker room. What's up, guys? So let's just dive right in. You are 
Who my, are you, Matt? You <laughs> <laughs> you are my favorite tight end that I have ever had the privilege of coaching, even though it was for a very short stay. Let me what actually, a shame. Yeah, so, <laughs> so actually, let me backtrack a bit. When I first met you and your brother Jake, you were kind of, you know, you stopped at the Hitmen for a minute. And I think that was mainly just so you guys could work out in the off season or whatever, because the Hitmen were doing earlier training sessions and, and trying to get a team together earlier than anybody else. And, you know, you you guys leaving and then some other things going down and stuff pretty much, you know, told me what kind of bullshit I was getting into with that team. But that was the first time I met you guys. And then I saw you play with the soldiers and I was like, man, we really missed out on an opportunity there <laughs> because we didn't have a tight end and I'm a, I was a tight end myself. So my game plans are very tight end heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the room goes silent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what to say about that. Like, you know, uh, uh Basically, th- thought he was Rob Gronkowski, but he was more like Rob Gronkowski if Rob Gronkowski ate both of his brothers. So. <laughs> you know, Peter Griffin of football, yeah. <laughs> uh, and not nearly as entertaining. So, so yeah, so that was the first time you know I met you, and I coached against you several times. And every time I coached against you, it usually bit me in the ass. Um, so I remember the first time when I coached the Decepticons in the preseason game and you tore our asses up. So the one thing that we weren't prepared for was like a intermediate passing game. And as that game wore on, you guys, it was actually the McFadden brothers show because they, they were pounding Jake up the middle on us and we were very small in the linebacking core and whatnot. So mm-hmm. um, that started taking its toll on our small front line and our small linebackers. And, and you guys got back in the game because you ran the ball down our throats. And then when we started making adjustments and, and, and playing the run, Nick, no, Nick wasn't the quarterback. It was, was it Jordy at the time in yeah. the preseason? Jordy started pulling the ball and, and running boots and you started running 10, 15 yard digs across the field and you were just catching the ball wide open in between our safeties and linebackers running across the the first down line and picking up 13, 18, 20 yards a pop. And no matter what I told the coach or, you know, what I told the defense, we could not get a grip on that combination. We had a chance in the fourth quarter to come back and win the game, but our center snapped the ball four consecutive times in the dirt and the game was over. So. <laughs> so, but I've always been a big fan of yours as a coach and uh, coming from a fellow tight end, you play the, you play the position with a certain chenesse claw, shall we say, uh, that separates you from the, the rest of the packs. I, I appreciate you, bro. Thanks man. Appreciate <laughs> it. I enjoy playing the position. I just like, uh, I don't know. I just, I used to try to be a receiver in high yeah. school and, uh, you know, uh, white and slow. Yeah. <laughs> it happens, man. Yeah. But even, even then they put me out wide and I still made plays. So yeah. Yeah. I, I was always like, if you still can make plays regardless yeah. of your speed or whatnot, it should still take into account. Yeah. Like speed isn't everything. Yeah. Um, that, um, honestly, that was, that was me. Uh, I was a tweener. I was in between a receiver and a guard. Is <laughs> really what it really, really what it boiled down to. to. <laughs> yeah, and and I was and I was uh, well because I'm <laughs> somewhere between. I'm going to skip my next meal and eat every meal. Yeah. In between. <laughs> so so I had I had receiver athleticism. I had receiver hands. I had like everything you want as a receiver, except for the speed. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. And my coach was like, well, you're too small to play guard. You're not physical enough to play fullback. And I don't want to waste those hands in at the fullback position because you're never going to, you know, see the light of day. So that's when I got into tight end. And as I grew into the position, when I got older and I was in the Air Force, and, and at that point, I was the best athlete I could possibly be. I was really more of a wide receiver. So like that hybrid almost H-back type spot where Mm -hmm. my coaches started moving me around and putting me anywhere from that weird slot back in the, in the backfield to slot receiver to on the line as a tight end and stuff. And I moved around a lot too. And when you're a tight end like that, that has good size and good speed, but you kind of fall somewhere in the middle, you're not great on either end, then they just play matchups. They play you based on your matchup and, and you against really any corner, as long as the corner is smaller than you, I'm taking, I'm taking you in that matchup. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed, I, I think it was against uh Discupticons maybe the second year or so. Um, when we moved to Will's offense, uh, Max Paul's partner, yeah, yeah. Um, they started putting me in like the flex position and right. stuff like that. And every now and then I'd go out wide. And every time I saw a corner, I was like, we're running a slant. Right. You're exactly. not going to get me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they just end up basically bear hugging your waist and, and dra- I, you're dragging I'm them dragging down the field. I'm about 20 yeah. yards downfield. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm tired now. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's, the, that's the money shot right there. You know, you want a tight end lined up on a corner and you want to run that quick slant. And uh, it's definitely money when you're five and in, you know, and then, oh, and then every once in a while you can throw in that fake the slant, hit the fade on the, you know, on the backside because once a corner has been eaten alive by you, then he's going to start playing the slant. So Yeah, I, I did that several times to the ballers as well. Um, so my first year is playing semi-pro. Yeah. I just got out of the military, yeah. and I ended up uh, joining the Cobras. Yeah. At the time, there were the Suncoast Cobras, yeah. um, and Jake already played the previous year before, and he was coming so off an injury. this was like the precursor to the soldiers, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so the soldiers were still around. Okay. Uh, it was the first year that basically Gene and uh, Ed split apart. Gene went to Tampa to own a team. Yeah. Ed stayed in Hudson and and reconfigured the Cobras right. to the West Coast soldiers. And Ed went to Tampa to create the Suncoast Cobras, which later became the Tampa Bay Patriots. Interesting. Um, yeah. And um, – <clears throat> So uh, we were playing in Tampa. Um, Jake Jake played his first year in, uh, uh, you know, the Cobras in right. uh, Pasco, and apparently he did pretty well. They got to like the playoffs and yeah. lost to. Uh, I want to say uh, the Hurricanes were still around, maybe the um, like the Southwestern team or whatever. Uh, no, below. it was with uh, Chris Williamson, Sean Williamson, oh, oh, and right, all, right, right. all those yeah. guys. Yeah. Uh, uh, they they lost to him all three times. Uh, it was Bailey's first year coaching okay. offense. Uh, and then as I was getting ready to drive into town, basically, my brother's like, yo, there's tryouts. Show up, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. So I'm fresh off like a 28-hour drive. You know, he's like, yo, we, we definitely need you to come out and try out and do all this other kind of good stuff. What's your agility drill time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see you do the L drill. Yeah. Oh, man, it was ridiculous. Um, but, you know, I just – Showed up to practice, and I think the first practice we had, uh, it was like tryouts, and we were doing board drills or whatever. Yeah, uh, I don't remember this kid's name. I don't think he played after. Uh, we did a board drill, and you know, when I first played tight end, I was pretty little, um, but the military kind of bulked me up, so yeah. 
I ended up growing a couple inches, yeah. putting on about 60 pounds, and yeah. I, I was nothing like I was. And even even when I uh, even when I first met you with uh, the, I, well, I think this was like literally a year after you got out of the navy. It was the navy, right? You were yeah. in the navy. When I met you with the hitmen for a day. Uh, I thought you were on the small side to be a tight end, but in the offense that at the time the hitmen were running, it was basically a five wide Oregon spread or whatnot. You would have been a slot receiver anyway, but then you grew, you had already grown some, but again, I, I thought you were on the small side for a tight end, but then you grew even more <laughs> into the position and you were uh, going, what, like 240, 245 or so? Yeah, like, I ended up, well, 235 was the yeah. highest I've ever been. Yeah. Right now I'm sitting at about 230, so yeah. I'm not too far. And from, you're actually, you're trimmed down the, yeah. significantly from what you were five pounds heavier. It's, it's yeah. amazing what nutrition, you know, will do for somebody, nutrition yeah. and, and exercise. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I should probably look into that. (laughs) (laughs) I ended up, uh, you know, with my job now as a firefighter, you know, and just working out and kind of doing the best I can just to stay in shape. You know, sometimes we don't get a lot of sleep, so we just try to stay busy. Yeah, so you're doing the the whole, like, 24 on, 48 off thing? Yeah, sometimes it's 48 on and 24 off, depending on an overtime shift. That is brutal. Yeah. So on a 48 on, what does your sleep schedule look like? Oh, man, it depends. So if we're at a busy station, you're probably in two days maybe getting like four hours of sleep. Total. Total, yeah. So just a couple of cat naps in there. Yeah, man. And <laughs> you ever of, like just jump in the truck and then fall asleep in the back of the truck on the way to a no, stop? No, so I'm driving. Like, <laughs> unfor- I'm oh, okay. driving, unfortunately. So maybe my paramedic gets to do that. But, <laughs> dude, I, I'm, I'm the one driving, so I don't want to uh, kill us. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, me, man, the alarm goes off and I'm going to do the same thing. Can someone snooze this thing? <laughs> I'm not getting up. Dude, Four the- hours, man. The ah. tones go off, man, and if you don't respond in a certain time, then they page everybody letting you know you're being a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's waking everybody up. So I want to get back to this tight end thing for a minute because you had some for, – for a semi-pro tight end, and this is in any state in the country, you had some pretty prolific numbers. Yeah. Tell me about – before we get into the soldiers season, the – the best season that you had with the soldiers. Tell me about your, your, I guess your one and only season with the Cobras. So, uh, my first year with the Cobras, like I said, you know, I showed up to the tryout and we ended up doing board drills and I, I was just bigger and stronger than what I used to be. And I still kept my techniques, uh, that I did in high school. I used to go to all these O line camps and I was like 170 pounds right. going against all the, Big, oh, yeah. uh, yeah, 250, 280 pound linemen, linemen all yeah. over Florida. Right. The, the, the lineman camp was called, uh, Down and Dirty, and we stayed there for five days. I went to that camp as a tight end myself. Oh so. my God, man. <laughs> and we were doing, I was doing board drills against these monsters. Yeah. And, you know, I just kind of always kept those techni- techniques. And I always just prided myself on that because yeah. as a smaller guy, if you don't have technique right. and you can't do anything, then right. you're not on the field. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's all about technique and hard work. And yeah, that, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I prided myself on that. You know, I was never really physically gifted right. like my brother. Yeah. You know, my brother could walk into a yeah. gym and just be like, oh, that's 350. Here we yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it it's the – it, it's that uh, that that weird sibling dichotomy, though, because like this happens with siblings all the time, right? Like, like your brother was the gifted athlete, but yeah. you're the the one with the work ethic. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I mean, he, he was a, he was a hard worker too. Yeah. You know, he's a hard worker. I yeah. would never take anything away from that. But yeah. he was somebody who could stay away from the gym for right. a long time, right, and, and just, come back in and just 
be just blessed with right. just natural given strength. Right. And, you know, he wasn't the slowest person either. You know, he was right. pretty fast for being a big guy. Um, right. You know, but, you know, during that tryout, you know, I was just pancaking just everybody. Like, I was lifting yeah. kids up off the ground yeah. during a board drill and throwing them. Yeah. So the coach, you know, Bailey and everybody were like, yeah, you know, you're going to make the team. No. Um, I, I showed up a year later, but from what I remember from the Cobras, from everything that I saw and heard, and I saw some film and stuff, the Cobras looked very undersized for, for the most part we were, I mean, yeah. this was with Lark, Stephen Lark, like one of his first years, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, there was a lot of moving parts. I mean, even, yeah. even, uh, you know, the linemen, we were just, we had Gene, yeah. we had Gene as an offensive lineman. Yeah. Um, that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, my first year with them, I think I led a I led us in catches, I led us in yards, and I was second in uh the whole league in touchdowns. There yeah. was a the receiver for the Florida veterans. I can't remember his name. Uh I think he had sixteen, I was right behind him with and, fifteen. And they were the they were like the perennial league champs at the time, yeah. right? The veterans. Yeah, yeah they they yeah. just came off beating that uh Georgia team right. for their first championship or right. however that ended up. And working. that guy like that guy founded the uh, the UFF. Yes. The guy who owned the veterans yeah. Wayne Giles or Yeah, Giles. Yeah. Yeah. Um so you had fifteen touchdowns. Do you remember how many yards you had? Uh I I think it was broken down. I think I was around like 800 or 900 and probably yeah. around like 60 or 70 catches. So for a tight end in semi-pro football, that Same. is insane because Same. there are number one wide receivers who don't even come close to those types of numbers with a good quarterback. Yeah. I had Jordy. It was, a, it was, uh, yeah, it was Jordy, Jordy's right. first year with right. us. And, and he was also – you know, pretty fresh out of high school. I mean, you know, probably twenty, twenty one, twenty two at that point. Somewhere. So, I mean, we're the same age. So yeah. he's probably he was twenty one yeah. when I got back yeah, around so, the area. So real young, but still maintaining a lot of like that high school, you know, ability yeah. and stuff like that. And um, he, he was playing semi pro yeah. long before. I think he was like three years in yeah. already. I mean, yeah. he, he already had a couple seasons. I know. With by the Shane. time yeah, I coached against you guys with the soldiers and stuff, I know he was like a vet. Yeah, he was like a twenty four year old vet it, yeah. in the semi pro yeah. world. Yeah. He was a massive yeah. vet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what what happened was, you know, uh, I didn't play wide receiver for you know the first couple of weeks uh, of the Cobra season, and we ended up just having injuries. Uh, uh, one of the kid, uh, Ryan, I can't think of his last name, but a uh, good family friend with Bailey and stuff, yeah, yeah. Uh, he ended up tearing his ACL. Yeah, and uh, Sean Williamson ended up getting kicked off the team. I remember, during... I remember him being like the, everybody called him like White Lightning because he was like a really fast receiver. Yeah, he was um, he was stupid quick and yeah. just his size. Yeah. You know, uh, if he would have just applied himself more, yeah. I, yeah, think, I think I think in a white... national like uh, high school like forty thing, yeah. he ran a four three. Yeah, I know he was a track star. Did he was like six four? Wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. he was yeah. about six four two twenty. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, he, he could have done whatever he wanted. Right. He was like the perennial like golf superstar, yeah. along with like Alton Voss and stuff. Wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, he just poor worth that. And he he'll even tell you that yeah. you know he should have applied himself some more. Right. But right, uh, he ended up getting kicked out. I mean, we had a debacle against the Phantoms, and yeah. Phantoms. Jordy went out with a concussion. Sean threw some punches, and Bailey doesn't pull. You know, right. Bailey doesn't deal with that. So right. he, he got kicked off. So basically week three, we lost three wide receivers. And, you know, I ended up taking the role. I was already starting tight end, but only in tight end packages. So now I ended up getting moved out to, out wide. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just one thing led to another. We ended mm-hmm. up finishing uh, 10 and 2 mm-hmm. uh, or 8 and 2. Uh, ended up getting the first round by and uh, lost to the ballers. 
you guys were a lot better than I thought then because, like I said, I came in a year later. I kind of was out of the Florida football scene for a long time because I was gone. Like, I, I grew up around here. I went to Palmer University. Mm-hmm. I graduated there. But then I joined the Air Force, and I was in the Air Force for eight years, and I was out of the state the entire, you know, the entire yeah. time. I came back in 2011, jumped on with the Hitmen in 2012 uh, in that off season, going into 13. Mm-hmm. And that was only because an old high school friend was on the, the on the coaching staff and reached out and was like, well, and Bobby Molina was on the team. Oh, yeah. And Bobby Molina and I went to high school together. And, Dude. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking crazy Marine. And yeah. when he reached out and was like, oh, yeah, I'm on that team. You should you should definitely come out. And go. I was like, you're playing? I'm there, you know? Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, I didn't know that the Cobras were actually that good. And then knowing that that team splintered into the Soldiers and the and the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of talent there then because the Patriots obviously went on for years to be a you know, powerhouse in the in the country, not just the state of Florida. So Yeah, so the following year, um, I, I think I, I showed up. What, they, they ended up changing the names. But, yeah. man, uh, I dumped so much money into – the first year with yeah. the, when I got out of the military, yeah. like the first year with them, because right. nobody would pay. I think right. I dumped almost an extra like nine hundred dollars into that team wow. to keep us going. Wow! And I just wanted to play football. Right. That's all yeah. I cared yeah. about. Like yeah. y'all, just I'm just gonna help you out and give you some money. You yeah. know, just keep the team going so I can keep playing because wow. you know I was enjoying myself. <laughs> yeah, um. <laughs> with uh, with eight nine hundred yards and fifteen touchdowns, I can see why you would yeah. enjoy yourself. Um. And also, you're a man amongst boys on that field, having four years of military experience yeah. and, and all that shit. Yeah, it yeah. was it was definitely a treat. It ended up coming down to um, we had the ball at uh, going in on the thirty five, yeah. ten seconds left. Yeah, uh, Jordy just heaved it into the end zone. Uh, yeah. We ended up losing to the Ballers, who ended up going on to beat the Phantoms and yeah. going on to smoke the Stingrays in yeah. the championship. Yeah, so and that so was the, the team we lost to. So the Ballers won a couple championships in a row then, and that that okay. Well, they, they won one, but they ended but they up, also won the one in the UFF the year that the um, we the, we were in the UFF. Okay, all right. So, so they won that, that one. Right. Yeah, but they ended up going deep again and ended up losing. Um, Phantoms, right? When yeah. the Phantoms, yeah. 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 Um, but I'm trying to think. I think that was my only year with the Sun Coast Cobras because the following year they changed it to the Tampa Bay Patriots, yeah. and I didn't play for them because right. of where the offense was going. Yeah. I was kind of like the odd man out, like, yeah. "Oh, you're just a tight end; you can't do anything." Right. This yeah. and that, yeah. which and is they were what I deal with now on yeah. a regular basis. And they were, uh, and they <laughs> went, they went to more of a spread team. Mm-hmm. At the, and you know, I mean, let, like, let, let's face it: the Tampa Bay Patriots was in the heart of Tampa. Yeah, and you're not of the right opacity. In, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I can understand like, certain things. So, for like, our listeners, you, he said you're white. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, I mean, not unfortunately, you know, you but hey, yeah. Yeah. I don't got the speed. But I mean, that's when Eric started yeah. being big. Right. With the Patriots, right. uh, you know, Wale started yeah. coming around, yeah. Tech, all, all yeah. that. They, they disformed from the Pirates. Yeah, and they had some – I remember when I coached against them, they had, like, some huge receivers that were, like, Brandon Marshall-sized, yeah, you know, guys. dudes. So I ended up moving to the Soldiers then. Yeah, yeah. So talk about that – crazy season where you went off with the soldiers because you had another year <laughs> where you you had over six or seven hundred yards receiving another double digit touchdown yeah. year and stuff so which could I have been you more. led all you led all tight ends you you Easily. probably were in the top three of receivers too so yeah um so the first year with the soldiers we didn't do all that well right. and i didn't play all that much to be honest uh they, nobody really 
paid attention or knew what I can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the first year with the soldiers. And that uh, squad was light, too. Like, oh, my yeah. goodness, man. Yeah. Uh, so we go six and four. Um, you know, I, I have this one, like, stupid, crazy play. I'll, I'll show you guys, uh, you know, off air or whatnot. Um, but, you know, basically I jump up, I run a seam route. I, we're going against the Treasure Coast Bengals, if yeah. you all remember yeah, them. Yeah, and they were actually a pretty good team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're playing them at their house, mm-hmm. and we're 24 deep. Yeah. There, yeah. like, it, and they're on the east coast. Oh man, Fort Pierce. Yeah, okay, way down yeah. there, yeah. way down yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so I run a seam route, and it's about twenty yards. I ended up getting hit. Like, I I jump up, I catch the ball. Literally, as I'm catching the ball, I have a safety screaming in, mm-hmm. hits me on my right shoulder, and just falls like a sack of potatoes. Yeah. And like, it, <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. as soon as I touch the ball, then I go and I'm running up the middle of the gut. And I have three people there. I run over the middle linebacker, and then I have a group of five people just jump on my back, and I'm carrying them. And I fi- I finally go down. It was like maybe a forty yard, you know, catch and uh, run. And you were carrying the defense on your back. <laughs> and uh, we're and down. They didn't play you after this? They finally played me after okay. that. Yeah, I, like, I, what I have we been doing this whole time, man? Like, I had to basically like force yeah. myself in there in that situation. I mean, we're so light. This is like game three or four in, and I. I was hardly playing. Um, To me, man, it seems like, and this is just from you guys are telling the stories up until where you and I intersect, but for me, it just reminds me of what my my interaction with you is, is your IQ for the game. All of this is what you're saying. It just sounds like to me, you were undersized, that you didn't have anyone giving you the opportunity, but you worked your ass off. Yeah. And you knew the game. (laughs) Yeah, we can talk football and just any, doesn't matter what level football, you know about it. Yeah, absolutely. And just having that work ethic and knowing, all right, this is what I need to do in order to, to get this catch, to get these extra 10 yards. Yeah. And you balled out. You know, you balled out. <laughs> so I'm, a, I, I mean, probably from like just the military like experience or whatever. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, you tell me run a route 10 right. yards and right. come back to eight. It's right. getting run at 10 yards, right. come back to eight. Right. It's just it's what you want. You're going to get it to the T right. every time, every single time. So, uh, you know, it was just really frustrating as a player because I know I've seen people play and not to take anything away Tom from them. Tom Coughlin would have loved you. <laughs> <laughs> His precision. Remember the stories about like Tom Coughlin would like find guys if they didn't run the routes properly? Yeah. So if, if, if a receiver had a 10 yard curl or whatever and you're supposed to run it Ran it out eleven back to ten, right? Yeah, and and everything has to be precise. If if, if people just half ass ran their routes, Tom Coughlin would find them for that shit. Yeah, you know? and so you know it a lot of people, you know, everything's meant for a reason. Yeah. So like, and just yeah. like the military, you know, you follow these instructions, follow these instructions. Right. And every now and right. then you're like, why am I doing this? And you just, whatever, this is what needs to be done. And yeah. it's almost like the same with an offense. You know, you run a slant, yeah. you, you run your quick slant and I'm doing like a, a you know, a, a quick out and we're intersecting and, you know, it frees you up because the corner gets caught by me. Yeah. So everything's meant for like a yeah. certain purpose. Yeah. So as long as you run the right route and I run my right route, how it's and, supposed to be. And you guys are a little bit behind me, but you, we've talked about this before, Damo, you guys were at the tail end of kind of like when football started changing because um, football is very much like the military, you know, or it was, it's not yeah. anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Um, yeah, I'm still but, in that generation. Yeah. Though. Yeah. You know, when I played high school ball, man, it was brutal. You know, oh, yeah. I, I remember the Corey Stringer thing happened where Corey Stringer died. Yeah. Then we had a practice where after Corey Stringer died, our coaches ran us until we all puked. 
And my coach literally made the point of, yeah, somebody died, but that's not going to change the way I coach the game. And, and it was because parents and teachers are all worried about it and everything. And so he's like, oh, you guys are upset because somebody died. Well, guess what? Somebody's going to die here today. You know? <laughs> So it just – it was a different time, but you guys were at the tail end when it was still the same. So what I'm getting at is that you having your experience and having your maturity and having been in the military and stuff like that, you are tailor-made for the game of football, you know, yeah. at least the way it used to be played and the way it used to be coached. And it still is in some places in the country, but in the state of Florida, it's become very lax and it's basically like street ball in the field. So. Uh, backyard football. Yeah. You know, you go, yeah. you post, slant, yeah. dig. We've, we've go. lost all of the, Discipline. all of the, it, yeah, yeah. The details don't matter anymore. But to a guy like you, you, you pick all that shit up because again, like you said, you were programmed for it. And, yeah. you know, football was invented by dudes in the fucking army during the Great War because they were trying to, you know, stay in shape and everything. And, and they also used it to develop, like, battle strategies because football was very much, like, kind of taken from rugby, which was taken from capture the flag. Like, this is how we get into enemy territories, you know, style yeah. shit. So, you know, the game is related to that, that lifestyle. Like I said, it's fallen far from it, but for... A hundred years, that's how the game was played. You, you have to be disciplined. You have to be hard-nosed. You have to be willing to work and stuff. And the teams that are successful today still hold on to pieces of that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, just hard work, you know, it will get yeah. you very, very far. And right. that's just, you know, one of the – hard work and technique, I think. You know, right. uh, very few people – I mean, some people are just very gifted. And, you know, they, they just yeah. only rely on that and they, they never – really like develop their game more i mean yeah. i think des bryant would be a perfect example yeah. uh you know somebody who just so gifted you know right. give me the go route and right. i'll jump over everybody and whatnot right. and then the injuries pile up right. pile up right. and now he has no technique for intermediate or short routes he right. can just do the go but now he can't outrun everybody right. he can't out jump everybody right. so those are just you know certain things that you just need to really yeah. just fine-tune your game to yeah. really be better for everybody else yeah I think a lot of the bigger receivers, and he was kind of like on the smaller end of a bigger receiver, but he also had all that crazy athleticism. A lot of the bigger receivers just rely on those two moves, you know, like yeah. the, the one and the nine, you know, and their size and strength is going to beat you out, and and then they're fast enough to, to run by the safeties. But then, yeah, once the injuries pile up, if you're not a polished route runner and you're not good at everything else that goes with the game – you quickly find yourself obsolete and you know not needed. You're expendable for yeah. what your contract could be. Right. Yeah. yeah. Even for me, man, going back to what you said earlier, the sibling rivalry. It, me, me, and my brother had the same thing. Right. You know, my brother walked on the field and was the yeah. guy. Yeah. And I was an undersized guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. <clears throat> undersized and having yeah. to live up to that name. Right. And knowing I couldn't do it, right. all, just walking I, off ability. Right. I was. The Jake's brother for yeah, my whole yeah. life. I was yeah. like, little Pierce. This, this, this yeah. is this is little Jake. Well, take it away, you know. You know and, you're, so. and you're like 900 yards and 15 touchdowns, bitch. But, you know, he's Matt's brother. You know, <laughs> you know actually, I, I had that moment. So, so my whole life, I was little Paris. You know, and yeah. then Paris, my brother, went off to college, and yeah. uh, I, I, I'm the one who found semi-pro because I wanted to keep playing. Mm -hmm. And uh, two years into it is when I started uh, having the. 13 interception years, I had became a receiver and everything, and I brought him out. Yeah. 
And he he played running back, but he couldn't win out the starting position, yeah. which pissed him off, by the way. But <laughs> at that point, I, I was <clears throat> excuse me, I was leading the league in interceptions. Oh yeah, and the teams yeah. knew me. Quarterbacks wouldn't throw to me. You so established like, yourself. Yeah. This is hey, little Damo. Hey, yeah. Damo's brother, and he, he <laughs> fucking hated it. And it doesn't help that he's shorter than me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you hit a growth spurt there and yeah. you passed him. Yeah. He fucking hated yeah. it. Yeah. So I don't think I've ever had like, oh, this is now Matt's brother because even when I was getting mine, yeah. My brother was still, I mean, yeah, top yeah. leader and uh, one of the top leaders in UFF. So he's always been able to I, really ball. I was. All right. Well, we'll just. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Okay, go. Because I'm going to cut that off. <laughs> Can't be embarrassing me on national TV, son. He's in Orlando. I'm sorry, man. Soldiers, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I was six and we were, we ended up finishing six and four. Yeah. Um, that one game kind of changed everything, but we had a. Coach Mo again. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. He wanted me out on the field, but he didn't want me out on the field. Yeah. Like he was trying to find a way to like yeah. kind of justify it. But yeah. the one play that I made, he was yeah. like, well, nobody's made any plays like that all year. Yeah. So uh, we kind of need you, but we kind of yeah. don't. And, you know, I was kind of going through that little fandangle with, uh, the soldiers. We ended up finishing six and four, going to Treasure Coast again. But this time with 16 people, oh. and our our uh, safety, who's like five eight, yeah. was our starting quarterback. Yeah. We ended up getting smoked, like ninety something to or eighty something or seventy something. Yeah, around there sure to, nothing. to nothing. Seventy five to nothing. Seventy five to nothing. I remember the score. Yeah. I I did not oh, come. That's off. the game. Yeah. I did not come off the field. I was yeah. on the field from kickoff to the last whistle, dude. Like we were so shorthanded and yeah. we had people on the field quitting and going away yeah. to where we end up finishing with probably 12 active people. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, that's what happens when the score gets out of control like that. Yeah. Know? I mean, and we, we eventually ended up moving to Kepner being the quarterback and, yeah. uh, man, it was just terrible. But thankfully for me after that, you know, I ended up going on like a nice six day cruise, seven day cruise and, you know, I drove straight to Orlando, left out of <laughs> yeah, Cape Canaveral, yeah, and there, yeah. I got out yeah, of there. Yeah. I kind of decompressed, had yeah. my drinking and fun, and, yeah. you know, came back. Uh, Will came over. Yeah. Max Paul yep. came back. Yep. Uh, that was his second year with the soldiers. Right. He kind of beefed up a little bit. Right. But, uh, you know, from there, with Will's system, I ended up being the flex player, yep. the Y. Yep. And there was always some tight ends that would always come out, and then, you know, they'd practice for a couple weeks. and. Yeah. They couldn't beat me out, so right. they're like, "Well, screw this! I don't want to play anymore if I can't right. play." Or you know, you're just yeah. gonna. Uh, according to some people, they favor. They were I was favored or whatnot. But listen, man, you know we we talk about this almost every fucking episode. When that comes up, that whole thing of like favoritism and everything. At the end of the day, cream rises to the top. If you're not as physically gifted as somebody, but you're you're pretty good and you're outworking them, you're gonna fucking win the job. You know, yeah. um, people who show up. Just relying on their athleticism. Those are the people who are saying favoritism. The people exactly. that rely yeah. solely on yeah. athleticism. Yeah, when you're putting in the work and you've also now built a, a base there because you've, you've already been there. You're with the team. You've been through the hardships and shit. So in in my mind as a coach, if I come if I come into that situation knowing what you went through, knowing your story and stuff like that, like I'm looking to reward you anyway because you're one of the best players on the team. You know, that's just my philosophy, so. Uh, I, and again, man, like, that was a really good season for us. We ended up getting yeah. smoked by the commandos in the playoffs. Yeah, right. Uh, I scored the, uh, you know, uh, one our only offensive touchdown. Yeah. Our other touchdown yeah. was, uh, you know, uh, a defensive touchdown. Yeah. But, uh, 
you know, we had Nick playing quarterback for right. all the way up until like the half, right. and we just couldn't get anything done. Yeah, uh, I had a t- another touchdown get called back, and uh, it was it was just wild. But I think that year I ended up finishing with twelve touchdowns. Uh, I want to say I led us in catches again, somewhere around like fifty and sixty, and yeah. then probably around almost a thousand yards. Yeah, like uh, I was. Because I over. remember, I remember that season. I remember hearing about <clears throat> your your games and stuff like yeah. that. And again, I, I I experienced it firsthand too. You know, I thought to myself, like, God damn, why can't I find a tight end like this guy? You know, like yeah. I, I tried it with Shane. You know, Shane <laughs> Jones is going to be my my Matt McFadden. You know, so yeah. I, I mean, even the Tampa Bay Patriots when. You know, even in the uh, FFA, like yeah. we scrimmaged them in, uh, you know, the our preseason game, and yeah. I went off on them for like three catches and ninety yards or so. It's 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 one of those things. We, you know, in semi pro, there are a lot of things that you cannot defend because you don't get the the coat the practicing time that you would in high school or college or whatever and stuff. And if you have a quality tight end, you're going to murder teams because they have no idea how to defend a tight end. You know, yeah, I can't, um, I can't, I can't count how many times I've been wide open in the middle of the and that, field. And, and, just, and like, even then, that that that's true in the NFL, where where uh, guys get paid to practice to stop tight ends. If you have a quality tight end on your team, you can put them anywhere on the field and take advantage of those matchups. And if you're smart enough to call the right plays in the right situations and shit, tight ends undefendable. You know. Yeah, pretty much coming but, from two tight ends, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, though, right? That is like, very true. Like, look at but, Travis Kelly. Kelsey's numbers. Look at Gronkowski's numbers. Look for at all sure, these top sure. tight ends. Kittle. I mean, yeah, even Kittle. Um, I mean, right. San Fran has and nobody but kind of, Kittle. Yeah. And, and and he's a different kind of tight end because I, I look at Kelsey as like a Gronkowski 2.0, right? Like they're built very similarly. They have very similar athleticism, very similar playmaking style. Kittle reminds me a lot of Dallas Clark in that he's more of like that uh, that hardworking route running tight end. You yeah, know, the guy who's not going to get the the jump balls and the in the you know the the plays. He's going to have to make his play. You he know? is still physically gifted, though. He is. Very, he yeah, is very he fast. Is. Well, Dallas he Clark was fast. Dallas Clark was a you know four six tight end yeah. who, who was really like a slot receiver. But in college, he was huge. Then he comes to the NFL, and he's actually on the smaller side. Yeah. Of tight end, I, so. I still think we're missing the the kind of Gronk tight end though, because. Yeah. You're basically adding another offensive line at the end of your well, yeah, your, your yeah. formation, and, 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 and there's nobody tre- like that. He was right a tremendous now. run blocker, but yeah. in the last couple of years, Kelsey has become a much better run blocking tight end. As much well. better, but we would go, you know, there's Gronk, and then we can take down like five levels. Then yeah. there's their kind of blocking. It, yeah, absolutely. I, w- I would say mm-hmm. there's Gronk definitely stands alone. He could be a right but tackle with him, but, in but, the NFL. But with really him out to. of the league, Kelsey is the best tight end oh, te- in the NFL. Kelsey, Kelsey's and, one, Kittle's two, yeah, in and, my and, opinion. And, and yeah, before – and, I mean, he broke the record for tight ends on San Fran without Garoppolo. They just right, had and that's a, that, nobody throwing to him. So you've got to give him credit. Yeah, yeah, and for this, sure. This, for sure, but, this uh, fantasy season, I actually drafted Kittle well, – I'm sorry. I drafted O.J. Howard, and then I finagled <sighs> – listen, listen. Listen to this trade. I finagled Kittle away from a guy – for OJ Howard, but I packaged it with, we did like a two for two. I gave them Zeke. He gave me Gurley. And in return, it was Howard and, and, and Kittle. So I felt like I made out on that trade because yeah. even though Zeke blew up 
last week, and he's no, he didn't. He had fifty no, he yards. Yeah. Well, he had a touchdown though. I, I, yeah. He outscored Gurley in fantasy, but <laughs> over the long haul, Gurley's going to score more touchdowns, and and Kittle's better than OJ Howard. So, so like, I mean, he gave I a goose like, aid last night, I right? Like, I feel yeah. like I made out on that, but uh, you know, I drafted him for that reason because I said, look at what he did last year. Imagine what he's going to do with his starting quarterback, you know, healthy this year. So, who, who, who's number two for you, Damo? Tight end, yeah. yeah. Zacher, like I said, it's Kelsey yeah. Zacher. It's then Kittle. Yeah, it's, it, it is definitely a hard argument, but I, I'd also say that Zacherts is in a very. He's got. Just, there's a lot of weapons in Philadelphia, and he still broke the record. But that's what I'm saying. The, he, he broke he, the catch record. Yeah, right? I think that yeah. right, right. But I think that that's why because there are other weapons in Philadelphia, and no one was really game planning to target him so much, the, though. But but Hold people on, actually that, game plan for Travis Kelsey. People actually game plan for Kittle now. You know, so you don't, you don't think they game plan for the guy who had the most catches ever by a tight end? When when you have when you have an all star studded offense, I don't think you can see that you excuse know? though. That works against people and then for him. So he has too many people, and that's that's that uh, hurts him. But if all you, I'm saying is he's hot. I garbage. think it's like that's so, all I'm trying to say is he's hot garbage. <laughs> no, I, I, I really like Ertz. I think his yeah. game's phenomenal. Yeah. I, I think it's almost like the Matt Ryan Julio thing. Uh, Wentz became too reliant on Ertz, yeah. even with all those weapons, because right. I think he had. Like, Ertz had stupid amount of targets right. and just, oh, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Go, yeah. Zach Ertz, yeah. go, uh, even though yeah. he didn't need it. And it's almost like the same thing with uh, Matt Ryan. Whenever Matt Ryan's in trouble, oh, there's number 11, Chuck, you know, kind of deal. Also, it's also amazing how much Ertz's numbers fall off and Jeffrey's numbers jump when Nick Foles is the quarterback. Oh, yeah. You know? It was significant. <laughs> you know, like, because Ertz was definitely not in the top three of targets from, from Nick Foles in the he later wasn't. part of the It was season spread around so much yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Jeffrey kind of cost them that playoff matchup, yeah. Yeah. dropping that easy ball. But, I mean, you guys kind of got rid of, you know, Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. As a receiver, I, I don't like it. So. Yeah, I, Jeffrey, I, I, I actually liked He was a great compliment to Brandon Marshall. Exactly, but that's how I always viewed it. I always viewed that Marshall was your your – Obvious number one, and and Jeffrey was a number two receiver. Jeffrey has developed into a number one receiver, but it also would depend on who's on the opposite side of him because there's still ten or twelve receivers I'd rather have, and Over he Alshon. would be the complement to, to. Well, to now you got know. Alshon and Deshaun Jackson right. playing off of each other, right? It, That's the perfect one-two combo because yeah. you got your possession guy who can also beat the uh, deep third, but then you've got Jackson who takes the top off. And it's, it, you know, Jeffrey might actually have probably over 100 catches this year because of having Deshaun Jackson if he stays healthy. Nelson so. Aguilar is not a bad slot either. Right, right. Uh, paired with yeah. Ertz and yeah. Dallas Goddard. But I think he's better and has more equity because Jackson's on the team. I'm talking Nelson Aguilar because people always kind of look at him as like he's not really a, you know, like a, a top he's a guy receiver. His head's not always into it. Right, yeah. Sometimes yeah. he plays phenomenally and sometimes he disappears. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. He just does dumb plays. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So let's get back to you for a minute because you're the guest. So, <laughs> um, so basically in two out of three seasons, we're talking you had – Close to 1,800 yards receiving and 27 touchdowns. Around there, yeah. And about 130 catches between the two. Pretty close, seasons. yeah. I mean, that's insane. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, uh, Damo, we envisioned a season where you would have, like, you know, maybe 10, 15 uh, touchdowns and yeah. maybe 60 catches or something. Like, how far did we get? Uh, we got 
three touchdowns in? A couple games in there. Yeah, we got two, <laughs> two games in. Yeah. You, you, you scored three touchdowns on five catches. Yeah, it was because it was it was ratio. always the the big plays and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. If I could have had you two guys together, man, we had you know, the yeah. So we we had it. So um, let's segue into that now. The the season that never was. never was. Yeah, exactly. That should be a book. <laughs> yeah. The season that never was. I was yeah. So mad about that. Yeah, I know. I so <laughs> pissed. McFadden and I were talking about it the other night. Like we were texting back and forth, and he's like, "I don't. Even, I'm. I'm still pissed about that. Like I don't even want to talk <laughs> about so, it." I'm so I'm so salty me, about keeps that. him up at night. You know. <laughs> so all I all I ever really wanted as a coach was a decent quarterback and a good tight end. You give me that combination, and me, right? yeah. and I'm gonna no. Well, I'm saying, but <laughs> this is tight end talk. Yeah, let me, but, but let me let me no, yeah, just, yeah yeah. yeah. Because I didn't know you at the time, you know, and I'm going to win games because I'm going to be able to game plan the way I want. And once again, you have a good tight end. They're undefendable. You can do so much with that. Then you add that into a complete offense where you've got a number, a true number one receiver and a really good running back. Well, I mean, I love, I love blocking as well. Like that was one of the things I take super pride on. Which again is why you're a true and complete tight end because so much at this level they're receivers and they don't know how to block or they're a good blocker and can't receive Jason. I mean, you know, you <laughs> know, the they can block, but they can't fucking get off the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And catch if a ball. you have a quarterback and a good tight end yeah. on semi-pro, you're going to win. A running back's a diamond dozen. Right. A receiver's a diamond dozen. You, At you this can, level you can it get is. anybody yeah. to go out yeah. and run. Absolutely. Curl, you know, well, and, and that's why I'm saying like, if you, if you fast forward to what we were trying to put together there, we were looking at having you as our number one, you as our tight end and it, it's really one one a because with the types of numbers that you put up you were going to catch a lot of balls re- regardless there was practices where and, and this is why I, it makes me salty about it because in you and i in, in our practices without yeah. matt we've had routes run we will stop and say let's let's change this route let's yeah. put this into this step you'll you'll pick off a corner or something yeah where when Matt came to the team, we were doing that on the field <laughs> without the coaches, and that to me, I was like, "All right, I finally have someone that's on my side of the field yeah. that is thinking the same way. I'm going to either get him open or he's going to get me open." It's six almost every time the ball's in the air. Easily. I don't know if uh, if Jordy ever told you this, but I tried to recruit him like two years before he ever got to the, the, the we, we discussed this yeah, too and, and I feel like if I could have gotten Jordy a couple years earlier I probably would have gotten you oh easily <laughs> like Jordy because you guys were the dynamic Jordy's duo fault. yeah yeah. Well, yeah I was yeah. no matter what Jordy always said like he's like if I ever get in trouble security blanket where's Matt go yeah and I don't know you know Scott and I have talked about it about the the other guys there, the War Eagles and stuff, but I don't know what the hell they were watching or what they were looking at. But Jordy was clearly the the best quarterback, the best thrower out there. Easily. Yeah, yeah. And 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 when we you know got him out there in practice, we're having three quarterbacks run practice and stuff. Um, he was always the run marching the team down the field and scoring touchdowns. You know, and uh, the the things that he would do that were obvious to any good coach that hey this is the quarterback is you know when he gets in trouble he he takes a step up like he maneuvers within the pocket and then he throws a ball 40 yards on a rope 
you know, with, yeah. with, with zero effort because he's been doing that his entire life. We did the Damo experiment, you know, where I, I wanted to move Damo to quarterback. But then mm-hmm. when Jordy came out, I thought, okay, this is going to work because now I can still have my, my two best receiving options, but plus a good quarterback. But then I can also institute the Damo cat, you know, in the red zone and stuff like that For sure. and, and run my, uh, my read and my triple option and things like that with him. And once you get, defense all discombobulated on that then we can throw a, a throw or two in there on that end and and they would have been going to you because he wouldn't have been <laughs> you know on the field to catch so the, the biggest thing that frustrates me is you know Jordy was going through a lot then yeah. like Jordy's dad just passed away right. his mom's in prison so right. like the days that we were out there practicing are his only visitation days with his mom yeah. Yeah. and and we're like you know I'm trying I'm sitting this there trying like to like a made for TV movie by you know the way, uh, we start with you know oh his mom's in prison like so like you know we were like we, we, we would be talking to the coaching staffs like look you know when we get to a normal practice schedule yeah. like this is going to be no right. no issue to right. come out here, but yeah. like the few days that he is out there, he's sacrificing not driving to go see his yeah. mom that yeah. week. And I and you and, know. and I knew that him and I talked about it. You and I talked about it. I just basically kept telling the the rest of the coaching staff, like, look. We just got to make it through these next couple of months, which are always tough for any team at any level. You know, the first couple of months during the off season when you're trying to put everything together. That's when you're going to be your most discombobulated and, and you're not going to have what you're going to look like two weeks into the season. You know, yeah. I just super frustrating, just yeah, overall super frustrating to tell one of the one of the best throwers. I mean, even if you just go back to like what he's done to be like, yo, yeah. you're just going to be, you know, our number two quarterback yeah. and just help coach up the other guy. And, yeah. you know, if he gets hurt, you're in and that, that happened with the soldiers, though, too. Yeah, you know, um, you know, it's it it is what it is, you know. I, but even with my third year with the soldiers, when yeah. Bailey came back over and we yeah. went undefeated and went to the uh, championship, you know, my role from what I had, yeah. like when I had double digit catch, like touchdowns, yeah. all, all that yardage in it, it literally like shrunk yeah. to like a quarter of yeah. what I did yeah. because I wasn't, you know, a prototypical, you know, receiver, right. And, you know, I would always show up to practice. And this was when, with me living two hours away. Right. Like I, I was at every practice, yeah. right. every every time, every little workout, you know, outworked. Uh, I want to say probably almost anybody out yeah. there, yeah. you know, never came off the well, field. Okay. So on the, the War Eagles thing, when you guys came out, I don't know how to say this. What, like a little tryout that was uh, where it was the coaches, Jordy yeah. came out, I came yeah. out, and then Shane was out there. Yeah, it was literally just a throwing session. Yeah. So we could – I basically said, hey, you guys got to see this guy. I already know who he is yeah. and what he's made of. Again, I tried to recruit him two years before. Basically, when you came in, okay – I knew exactly what I was getting out of Jordy and you, and, mm-hmm. and I, I was all for it because I was like, I've been coaching against these guys for years, so whatever the fuck you think doesn't matter because I can, I can, I can show you what what they've done, you know. Um, and there was another tight end who we're not going to, you know, like uh, throw anybody under the bus or anything like that, that that wasn't with the team at the time, so everything was going to work out because. I'm filling a slot of, you know, basically a a hole in the, in the position, you know, there was a major hole and then you come in, everything's taken care of. And then he comes back 
I, I'm I'm getting I'm getting marching orders, and it's already you can tell this is where we're going to have our problems because I came in saying like, look, uh, if 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 I'm going to do this, like I have to be able to do it my way. I have to be able to uh, decide who plays, where they play, and when they play. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, I got the okay. You know, they were like, okay, well, yeah, you do that. And then, you know, fucking two weeks in, I'm getting the oh yeah, we should definitely be looking at so and so here and blah blah blah. And it's like, you know. No, we shouldn't. Uh, what, what do we talk about? What do we talk about? I said, I need to be able to do this my way. If you want my help, this is how it has to be. And I, I, I'd like to, you know, like if, if I were coaching with more seasoned guys and, and, and an actual coaching staff and stuff, hell yeah, I would take their input and everything, you know, but going into that situation, I was a, a major upgrade for them. So, you know, they were, they were winning out by taking me and taking all the, everything that goes with me, you know, mm-hmm. and, but, but listen to the voice of reason, listen to the voice of experience that's been in this area that's coached against these guys that knows what these guys are capable of instead of playing this game of, well, let's see what the other guy can do. You know, let's see. It's like, you really don't need to because we know, you know. Uh, so anyway, this guy is anointed because of everything that he had done, you know. And I just kept saying, like, I kept telling you, I was like, just wait this out because it, it ain't going to, you know, it ain't going to, it ain't going to. It didn't take long. No, it no. didn't. It didn't take uh, long. No, no. So we, we uh, basically. Even with you at quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, ouch. So it was really funny because um, there was a uh, like a, basically a two week period where uh, he had come back, but he he didn't come to a practice because he like you know cut the bottom of his foot or something like that, and he couldn't practice because he had a small cut on his foot from a rock. And I was like, okay, cool. So you know, you you kept practicing, you kept doing your thing, and then he shows up to the scrimmage in full gear, ready to play, and I'm like. What are you doing? I thought we weren't doing this because you had a cut on your foot. It's like, oh, no, I'm ready to play. I wonder why he showed up in full gear <laughs> ready to go. Was it because there was, like, you know, somebody breathing down his fucking neck? Possibly. Um, but then we have the scrimmage, and you go off in the scrimmage, <laughs> right? Like, like you tore it up. You had this one catch that was very similar to what you were talking about earlier where you, you caught the ball and got drilled by the safety who then collapsed into a pile on the ground, <laughs> and right you, you basically, like, ran through him. It was the one-handed catch yes, by Josh. exactly. Right, right, right. Like, so I, I was so not only did you catch the ball, but you you stabbed it with one hand in the air. You exposed your ribs. You got drilled in the ribs and still got you know gained uh, several yards after the fact. And the safety was hurting because he hit you. <laughs> um, and you made you were basically the most consistent receiver that we had in the scrimmage, and you were the tight end. And you know we lined you up in the slot a few times and stuff like that. Yeah, I caught a uh, corner route as well. Yeah, on the right side. Yeah, yeah, you went off. This guy goes in in the second half of the scrimmage and, and you know, starts playing and stuff. And Ronnie was playing safety. And Ronnie fucking destroyed him, like ear-holed him on a running play. You know, he was – I was – I actually, I think you might have even been on the field at the same time because I think I called Liger, which was the two tight end. Yeah, done. the crossing. He just got ear-holed somehow. Like he didn't have his head on a swivel and he got ear-holed. He checked himself out of the game because of that. So he didn't do shit the entire time and then – I think he even dropped a pass as well, like yeah. a hitch on the left. Yeah, yes, exactly. It was like a, a real – it was like a quick like tight end dump or something yeah. like that. And, and, and then after that, he got laid out. He took himself out of the game. I think he was fucked up because he was throwing up and stuff. I mean Ronnie drilled his ass. But I think he was also trying to make a point of like, welcome back kind of thing. You know, <laughs> like you can't just show up and take your spot yeah. back. 
And then after the scrimmage was over, like he walked up to the other coaches and was like, I want to play defensive end. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, like you basically forced him to fire himself because, (laughs) you know, you out worked him, you outperformed him, you know, and everything. And I mean, this happened in a very short period of time, but he was supposed to be gone. And he, uh, he quit the team because he got a college gig and then that fell through because he, you know, couldn't hack it up there. And then he came back thinking, I'm just going to take my spot back. And then here's old faithful, (laughs) you know, old rusty nail over here, you know, who's been doing it for several years. I, I talked about this on a couple of different episodes, but we, we brought it up especially with Shane in the house because Shane knows a lot about you, has played against you and with you many times mm-hmm. about how the the difference between the two of you. You obviously on paper, he's like that Travis Kelsey. He's the 6'6", 260-pound freak receiver. On paper, anyone is going to love the, the, the prospect of having him as their, their go-to guy, right? Yeah. And then you come in and you look nothing like him. You know, <laughs> you're, you couldn't, you couldn't look any different than, than him physically. Um, and everybody just goes like, who's this jalopy over here? <laughs> you know, you know, that's, that's the, that's a testament of the, somebody who not only works harder but also knows the game because you showed up out of shape, uh, yeah. quickly found yourself getting into shape because, you, you know, you, you were getting in the heat. You were working out and stuff. It came back to you very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you just started making plays all over the field in practice against our defense who that season ended up being like a top five defense in the in the league. The other guy just didn't stand a chance because he wasn't mentally on your level. And even though he was physically gifted, you made up for all of that with your want and your will to, you know, to play and to win. And that just, that's just in your personality. You can't, you can't coach that. You can't teach somebody to, to want to play. You just got to want it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I still remember the, uh, the Y, the Y cross to where I fill in and just yeah. smack the nose tackle. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so that was a 30 wham. And, uh, okay. All right. All right. So the, I want to, I want to, yeah, I want to, uh, let's talk about this for a minute because I, I was, all that shit was in my playbook for years mm-hmm. and I couldn't use it because I didn't have a good tight end. <laughs> you come in and I'm like, I can put all of my wham stuff in having the ability to run a wham, which Philadelphia does today mm-hmm. with all their tight ends and stuff. And any team that's got a good tight end, even Travis Kelsey does it um, at the line of scrimmage. You run a good wham. You're going to set yourself up for success because a couple of things are going to happen. You're going to open up a huge hole for, for, for big yardage, put the running back in a spot where he's up to the safety before, you know, he, he makes contact or has to worry about anything. And you're going to take that, that star studded defensive tackle out of the game for the rest of the game <laughs> mentally because for the rest of the game, every time he comes up the field, he's going to be looking for somebody to ear hole. He's not, he's not going to take that extra one or two steps. Right, right. Get up real quick. So, so if we go back to the specific time that you're talking about when we actually ran this, what had <laughs> happened was his defense was like unrelenting and they were just coming after us on every fucking play and we're trying to like install. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, who the fuck does this? Like, like, and, and he tried to dial them back, but they were all, you know, like gun ho about like, Oh, we're going to shut these guys up and blah, 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 blah. And I'm trying to run plays for the first time. We had that motion. I, I shit, I can't even remember the name Isn't of the play now, but, yeah. but you go, you go all the way across the formation. And we were running that. It was like a two option thing for the quarterback. It was like either, yak and yawn, wasn't it? 
He could either throw, yeah. he could either throw the screen on the outside, like the tunnel screen where you take out the corner and mm-hmm. then he comes underneath, or he can come back and hit the quick slant. And those are the only two options on the play. Yeah. And, and it's a dead play. It's a real quick hitter, but it's a, it was a high scoring thing that actually Texas Tech was doing. So that's why I, I, I wanted to run it. Um, and then out of that, I was like, you know what? We could throw a wham play in here. And when you're coming across that field in motion, he could hike the ball and you could just destroy the nose tackle from like a 30 yard dead sprint. Oh, that was glorious. <laughs> and they kept basically like, you know, trying to eat us up in the middle and thought they were hot shit and stuff like that. And I, I said, you know what? We're going to run the wham right here because we're going to slow these guys the fuck down. We, we went ahead and ran 30 wham. We let that nose tackle who thought he was a beast and was was cheating you know every play to you know blow us up while we're doing install again mm-hmm. any coach who's listening to this knows that that's just total bullshit so, so yes yeah, so, so so we call a 30 wham and this is on a play where you start stacked underneath the X receiver yep. Z and you sprint from <laughs> stacked on the Z receiver to the line and once you get to the tackle box he snaps the ball Defensive tackle comes through, and you earhold this motherfucker into the next century. <laughs> like, like, like he was six four, six five, three hundred and fifty pounds. He was a big dude, and you destroyed his life. I, th- I don't think you, he practiced at you all. You took again the soul of, at least for that day. You took the soul out of his body, <laughs> and you made him contemplate whether he should ever play the game again because. <laughs> What I loved about it was he stayed in. He stayed in after that. Oh, he did. Yeah, okay. he did. He did. I want, but not for long. Because I'll tell you what. What happened next was, I decided to uh, go back and and run a run play without the wham and without the wham in there. We had like Scooby Henley was the running back with us at the time. He ended up busting it for a touchdown and stuff right up the gut. But what happened was I watched them huddle up. Like after the the wham play happened and stuff, and I thought for sure this dude was gonna like walk off the field, <laughs> but but he walks back to the huddle and he kind of like he just like gets as small as possible and you know kind of just like goes into a normal huddle position, whereas before he was like running his mouth and talking all kinds of shit before we ran that play, and then they get lined up and right before they get down in their stances and they get ready to run the play, he taps the tackle next to him and he swaps out because <laughs> you were coming across the field and he was basically like, I'm not going up to the, the two gap again. <laughs> like, like, that was a loud, like yeah, hit. Yeah. Like, it, it was on film. Cause we filmed that practice and you pop the living shit out of him. And, and again, like I've never seen somebody that big, get that small after that because from that point on he was completely taken out of the practice mentally he just didn't want anything to do with what I, was going I'm on head out <laughs> yeah yeah i mean he but the best part was that very next play when he tapped out and and made the guy switch with him because he's like i'm not doing that again you know like and from that point on neither of them him and tc who was our best defensive tackle would not come up the field on uh, you know on on our plays because uh they were afraid you were going to ear hole them and it was what i loved about it so much is because again you were you were on the tail end of like the old school football generation and stuff like we taught those motherfuckers a lesson you know (laughs) like you you don't fuck with old school g's on a football field because we will show you exactly how tough you are not you know yeah Uh, (laughs) the season of the wham block with him 
And what was my play? The uh the crack, yeah, yeah the, the thirty-eight crack. toss, yeah, yeah. No yeah. defensive lineman yeah. would have let him go yeah. to Julian. Yeah. So, so yeah. So the other thing that I always did with him was that thirty-eight crack toss, where yeah. I would send him on that zip from the Z slot or the Z position. So you'd be at tight end over the top, and we ran it a couple times with you mm-hmm. on the field because that was actually your corner route. When yeah, we would break that off on a corner. But the toss play was you you let the end go and get up the field because this is good blocking, and then the Z receiver who comes in motion and in a couple of different passing plays he either runs all the way across the field does that flat right or he goes up the field and runs the corner so he comes in to run a corner mm-hmm. um and so that's what they think is going to happen they think when the receiver comes in motion he's going to run a route and then he cracks the shit out of the defensive end you don't think it's semi-pro and you don't think me yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. scott scott said that block is illegal but i, I no. i'm going to call him on that because i've never been called for it and how many times have we run that in games yeah, all the time <laughs> any anytime we wanted to stop somebody or or you know take them out of the game we would basically run that play and uh and then yeah they were all like no that, that's fucking bullshit because <laughs> if it whether it was you or Shane, you guys were jacking people up, you know, coming off the favorite line. <laughs> uh-huh. So, so between that and the the thirty wham, yes, we would have run that out of several formations. The wham play, and yeah, we we just would have had our way in the running game. We uh we had a similar play like that with the soldiers and Bailey's offense. I would be in the slot, it motioned me, and I would just annihilate the defensive yeah. end. Yeah. And we did that against the Georgia team. I can't think of their name. Yeah. How is that illegal? Um, yeah, so he, he was saying that when you're coming off of, uh, when you're coming from outside the tackle box, you can't make contact with the defensive lineman at the line of scrimmage. Receivers are allowed to block linemen down the field like Heinz Ward used to just block the living shit. No, 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 but what Heinz Ward field. would do, Heinz Ward would be coming back towards his right. own goal line crack and back. now that's illegal. You crack can't back. do the right. official crack right. Right. But right. if you're going flat down down the line yeah. and the defense end basically runs to you. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I'm that, not adjusting and, my, I'm not adjusting and, my path. And what whatsoever. I said to him was what I said to him was, well, anything on the line of scrimmage is legal as long as you're not going low on somebody who's already engaged. Exactly. So yeah, I said, you'll have to bust out in the rule book where it's illegal because it's never been flagged and I've run it a hundred times. Cause even, even like, I want to say like the polling plays for like, some of the tackles you'll yeah. see some of the tackles out in the nfl go low and yeah. and yeah. knock out some linebackers yeah. well and, and sometimes they'll go after a corner low because yeah, they they can't catch them yeah because they can't catch them with their hands yeah. and, and that's so not they'll just dive whatsoever. right yeah they'll just dive around their legs and stuff knowing that they're probably not going to make contact but it's going to take them you they know they'll have to run pack. around them yeah yeah, yeah no, i never yeah. went for i never dove anything it was an ear hole yeah <laughs> right yeah no yeah the dude that you did that too with the pirates bro like that's the best one and then because of that, so if I don't know if you've seen the film, but we ran that. I, I had like a five play scripted drive that we ran, and to it, perfection. By it, the way. Yeah, it went exactly the way it was supposed to go, and we called the thirty eight toss on that where we run the zip crack, and on the next play we come back and run the fake thirty three zip flood right is the play. And it's perfectly set up because that dude who could have run up the field and killed my quarterback stopped in his he tracks looked, when we hiked the ball and he looked. looked right at you because he thought he was going to get ear again. And then because of that, he's completely taken out of the play and Josh just this, rolls around him and dumps it to you wide open in the fucking corner. The safety was smalls at the time. He shot straight he down. He, on thought the run. It was another he thought we ran the play again. Yeah, yeah Everyone yeah. thought it was a pitch. Yeah, that that was what was so beautiful about my offense, if I may say so myself, is that I, I tried to build everything so that everything looked alike. The Sean you know? McVay offense. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> dude, listen, man. I just think that's good football. If if, if you disguise everything so that everything looks like it's the same thing, smoke give, and mirrors. You, yeah, you're, you're, you give yourself looking. you give yourself three or four options out of the same look where. If you keep running those plays in succession, a defense then has to say, like, now we can't tell what the hell they're doing out of the same look with the same motion, uh, you know, over did, and over and over again. Did you watch the Rams versus the Panthers game? Yes. There was a, a, a play where the announcer even called it where Luke Keekly, one of the best, not top three. If you, yeah. Are, are you talking about the run play where yeah, they handed Robert it off Woods. to Robert Woods? Yeah. 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 Luke Keekly had – he's one of the best linebackers. Yeah. And he's mm-hmm. talked about trained eyes. He right. didn't know where the play jumped, to go. He right. jumped the right side C-gap and was completely wrong because yeah. they went – they did like a handoff sweep yeah. on the total opposite side. Yeah. Like Keekly had no and idea. they ran that same uh-huh. formation, that same style of play six yeah. times or so in that Yeah, game. so when you – right, and that's that's my thing. That My thing is I, I like to run a uh, play – to death <laughs> you know like run it three or four times within a two drive period a nice like within 10 plays i want to hit the same play a, a handful twice. of times mm-hmm. so that they have to keep defending it they have to keep thinking about it they have to think okay well every time i see him do this he's gonna do this but then we throw in the wrinkle you yeah. know it's all it's all about taking your four five six yards you know over and over and over again mm-hmm. you suck the the defense up. You also take their, their their spirits out of the game because they can't stop you. They they can't figure out how to get you off the field, and then you take that shot, and that just takes you know takes everything out of. It. I'll tell you what I've been I've been trying to do this for a couple of years now, but once everything gets where we want to go and stuff, We're starting the if, team. If, up. If, well, here, here's <laughs> here here's, here's here's what I would say, and put the super team back together for one year just to have fun, you know. No pressure, none, none of this. I think the biggest problem with that is you have so many egos with yeah, everybody around here. Like, oh, no, if I can't get mine, then yeah. forget that. Oh, yeah, I think I I'm better than that guy. Right, right. Yeah, because I tried. I tried, you know, two yeah. years ago after the War Eagles thing happened. Like I said. Uh, we were talking about it. I know. And and everybody was all about putting the Decepticons back together until it came time to, you know, rubber to meet the road. Because then everybody started going, oh, well, if you're only going to do this for one year. Because I, I, told, I told everybody straight up, like, my intention is for us to win a championship and fold the team. Give us a year. And I'm 29. I'm 28. Yeah. He hits 30. I'm 29. We're starting up the Peace Eagles. Gonna, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, we could, we, could, uh, we could start a 30-plus team. Hey, and, man. And, and I bet you will dominate a lot of those 20-year-olds, I, I, man. Like, I, I'll put us up against almost anybody, yeah. man. Like uh, you, you but, bring but it but on. Jordy, the three of us, you bring Jordy with you coaching it. But here's the I, I thing. I can get Jordy. I can get Jordy. Here's here's the thing. You put a bunch of grizzled 30 plus year old veterans on a team against, you know, your your speedster 18, 19, 20 year olds and shit in semi pro and that grizzled 30 year old team is going to do some damage. Yeah, oh, yeah. The second you know. half is going to be our second half numbers are going to be insane the yeah, entire yeah. season. Yeah. You know, see we're going to yeah. maintain at first half, yeah, that especially half. after we guys are going to quit them. Especially <laughs> after we run wham and crack <laughs> 10 times, you know, like <laughs> I'm gonna head out. <laughs> Kids me out to here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, man, it was great having you on. I'd love to have you back sometime. For sure, man. Um, For sure. So. Todd Gurley, leading fantasy running back this week. I hope Mark so. It. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so because I got him. So I got, I got him. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go ahead and take us out here as usual. Thanks for tuning in to Semi-Pro Inside the Locker Room.